Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. who are trying to tell you how to get to God and how to do this and you should praise God and praise God like that but I got a message for you today I want to tell you this is the way say it somebody say it out loud this is the way somebody say it again this is the way Father in the name of Jesus Christ anoint me afresh take me out of the way hide me behind your cross so that no one will be impressed by me by any sense of the imagination father drench this place until the very pews get saved drench this place until people who are watching on their devices have to pull over and say what manner of man is this who calms even the seas what manner of man is this who calms the storm his name is Jesus son of the living God hit every pew hit every skeptic hit every doubter hit every agnostic hit every atheist until every knee bows and every tongue must confess that you are Lord make devils nervous make demons flee make witches forget what they even cursed make warlocks curl up in the battle in the name of Jesus Christ great God you are great Jehovah great God of wonders we praise you and glorify you in Jesus name somebody holler out this is the way you may be seated So, my Manda. So we're in a series called the Reset. I want to know how many people in the room need a reset. Um, I need one. I'm not asking for one for you. I'm asking for one for myself. A reset. Last week I alluded to it, but this week I'm gonna be more practical about it. I've been trying to reset worship. That's what we're resetting first. Because if you don't have God where he needs to be, none of the other stuff matters. You can have a job and not have God, as we talked about that last week. You can have all that stuff. But if you don't have worship right, if you don't have him where he needs to be, none of the other stuff matters. That's why we are not a church who looks like we don't look at praise. We don't look for it. We do it. That's very important. Not that we put up, and I'm so grateful, I'm so grateful that we don't have a church who has their phones up when praise is going on, who's sitting there looking at praise and not participating in praise. We have a church who jumps in, even if you don't know what to do. Let me tell y'all something. Last week, we had a praise break. If I had the body movement to show you what one of the guys was doing, I would, but I'm not skilled like that. I told them, you might not have a shout like me. I said, do what you do. If you did it in the club, do it. And he took me at my word, and he did whatever he did in the club. I don't know what that was. I don't even know what you call that dance. But I'm telling you, right around in this section, that man was giving those pews what he had. He was, as they said, over in color purple, gyrating and doing everything he could could but I believe God got the glory and I want to tell you this mother Emma for those of you who judge people who don't do it like you some of us only have mimicked praise anyway it's not authentic what hits you when nobody else is around is what's really you not when everybody's seeing you because I used to I had some family members who used to put on heels so they can make sure that they look right in their dance this is not the season where I want to look right 
This is the season where I want to praise right. This is the season where I don't care if my heels work. Matter of fact, I don't have no heels on. I put on some slip-ons just so I can kick them off when I need to. Because when I think about the goodness of Jesus, I don't want nothing in my way. Someone say, I don't want nothing in my way. This is the way. We talked about last week how the altar, how the ark was brought back to the city and what David went through to get the ark back to the city and what it took for him to bring the ark back to the city. And we talked about how Mikhail looked, John Mikhail looked, and she judged because she judged because she didn't have a point of reference for having the presence of God in her life or growing up. That's very important because before we judge, we should ask, do you have a point of reference? Some people don't have a point of reference in God. I was talking to Brother PJ the other day, and I was talking to him about our music ministry, which I seem to be talking a lot about. But I was talking about that, and I was telling him that um, um, we have a generation now who you can't just sing a hymn and expect people to know it. We live in a generation now where you just can't say Samson and expect people to know it. There used to be a time that preachers would get up and say, I'm going to preach from a familiar passage. And most of the people knew what you were talking about. If you said Psalm 23, most of the church would be like, all right. If you said uh, Ezekiel, the 37th chapter, they're like, all right. <laughs> if you said something about Lazarus, come on, doc. Uh, if you said certain things, they knew that you were going to preach. Now you can say Asaph, Heman, and Jonathan, and people be like, who that? They don't know. And it is my job as a pastor not to come to your level, but to raise you to the level God wants you at. We make the mistake sometimes of trying to dilute it because you don't understand it. Because we say that what you don't know won't hurt you. But sometimes what you don't know can't hurt you. There are some things that God wants us to know in this season. And it is my job as a pastor and it's our job as a church to make sure that we raise up a church that, is not, uh, that, that does not look the part but is not the part. God is coming back for a church. Someone say he's coming back for a church. So we found out that he got the ark back and he praised God. And we talked about that last week. But now David had come into the eve of his life and David had now was passing away. And, and David had a desire because the ark was not in a permanent spot. The presence of God was not in a permanent spot. He said, I want to build a temple for you. God said to David, he said, I know you want to do that. He said, but you have blood on your hand. Um, those of you who don't know why he had blood on his hand, because y'all say, wasn't he a man after God's own heart? Yeah, he was. But one time he was supposed to be out there fighting with his people. But instead of him fighting, he decided to stay back and he was on the balcony. And as he was on the balcony, it says his eyes got the better of him. He looked over and he saw someone else's wife named Bathsheba. Saw her is one thing. Inviting her is another thing. Scripture says that if you lust in your heart, you have already committed adultery. He didn't just see it. He invited what he saw to his domain. I want to talk to all of y'all quiet Episcopalians right now who have been inviting things that you don't think anybody knows about. 
he saw it and then he invited it. And then there's one thing to see and invite it, but then he saw it, invited it and slept with it. Yeah, Lord, this is going to be tight. Brought her in. And then what he tried to do after he did it is then he tried to send her back. Then he tried to bring her husband who was fighting where he was supposed to be. Arranged for him to come in at a certain time so that it will look like he slept with his wife instead of him and try to cover it. But because her husband was so committed to his call, he came back home and said, how can I find pleasure while my men are out there fighting for purpose? The question for many of you all is, is your pleasure greater than your purpose? Which exactly are you fighting for? Is your pleasure getting the best of you? Or is your pleasure determining, is your pleasure getting the best of you? Or is your purpose dictating what happens according to your pleasure? Don't say anything. Just look at me. Don't look at anybody around you. Just look at me. I'm, I'm the best friend you got in this room right now. So he had him. And because of that, he did not. So he had to find out how else can I get this taken care of? So what did he do? He wrote a letter. He gave it to the man, gave it to her husband. And he said to him, and I can't tell you all the whole story because it has more things happen after that. He said, I want you to give this to your commander in chief. He gave it to his commander in chief. Commander in chief said, all right. He wrote the letter and he said, put me on the letter. It said, put me on the front line of your next battle. Now, do you think he wrote that himself? No. David wrote that to say, since I can't get you to do what I want you to do, I'm going to kill you. Told him to get into the front of the line. This is in the Bible. It's, it's, if he hadn't tore it out, there's a guy you say that Mississippi, if he hadn't tore it out. He says, make sure you get into the, get me into the front of the line. So find out his, he died and was killed in the middle of battle. So he thought that he had basically covered up what he had done. But prophet rose up prophet rose up named Samuel. He said, Hey David, he said, Hey prophet. Cause you know, that's what y'all think. We think prophets are our friends. We only want a pastor who is our friend. We only want leadership that tells us what we want to hear. Oh Lord. I thought I had a church. We only want leadership. We only want the church that tells us that you're going to get a car by five. You, everything is going to work out in your favor. Uh, that, that man you're sleeping with, that's the one for you. And you can wear white at your wedding. And you can do whatever you want to do. That's, that's, that's the type of church we want. We want the church that leaves us as we are and never changes us. Because we do believe the Bible says, even though it doesn't say, the Bible says, come as you are. I haven't found that scripture yet. And everybody says, you know, God says, come as you are. Where? God be like, where's the lie? I ain't said that. But we want that. So David was like, what's up, Samuel? What's up, man? What you got for me? He said, you know, I'm so glad you're so ready to hear what I have to say to you. Baby, that's how I feel too. So, the, so he said, so he said, to him, he said, how would you feel if someone who had a whole bunch of land, had a whole bunch of sheep, um, they went over and got the person, uh, they went over and took the one lamb that this one person had and took it for himself instead of the sheep that he had. He said, that person should be killed. That person should be killed. Who is that person? And the prophet said, you are that person who took something that didn't belong to you. He said, that child that you, that you had with Bathsheba, he said, that child shall not live. Child died. I want to ask you, what does God kill that you were trying to live? 
What has God destroyed because you were trying to cover it up? God said, oh, no, I'm not going to let you get away with this. So when David later on in life asked, Yes, we do know he raised up this son I'm going to talk about. He raised him. He said, he said I, I want to have a house for you. He said, you can. He said, I know you do. Your heart's right. He said, but I'm a God of principle. He said, you can't because you got blood on your hand. He said, but your son, because even though the first child died, God gave them another chance. Someone say he gave me another chance. Gave him another chance and he named him Solomon. This child is the child that was raised up after David got older. And what happened was, even though David couldn't do it, let me hurry up and get out of this because I don't want to bore y'all with a whole lot of history. Even though David could not build the house, David still provided for the house. I don't want y'all to miss that. David did not build the temple or build the house, but he made sure the house was supplied. David put all of his wealth, all of his money, provided gold and resources and workers and everything. Because he said, my, my son is inexperienced, but I'm going to make sure he has what he needs. Let me tell you some people who are older in your season of life and you are in the elder, the, the, the elder part of your life. We don't need you to stay at home. We don't need you to say, well, when I was young, oh, I don't need the story. I need you to make sure I have what I need so that I don't repeat the same thing you did. And for all of us young people who say we don't need any help and we don't need anybody and we got it and we got Facebook and Instagram and we got what they don't have. We might have the gram, but we don't have character. You are an entrepreneur, but you don't have any work ethic. I'm talking about people, men who got up at three o'clock and went to work to be disrespected by their boss. But they worked anyway because their wife was a domestic at home and she could not go to work. And if she had to work, it's because she had a clean houses. But the man came home and when he came home from being beat down, from being black and beat down from being like that in the world. What did she do? She was asleep when he got home. But when she heard him driving the driveway, she got up, walked warmed up his food and sat down she was tired and knew she had to take care of the children but she said I know you've been working and I will honor you and some of you don't know why you don't have relationships it's because you don't know how to put yourself down put yourself aside and serve somebody else you can twerk but you can't serve you got Meg the stallion knees but you don't use them for prayer You got a body, yaddy, 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 but you don't tithe. We need the mothers. We need the fathers to teach us how to stop letting the world raise our children. We need the world who keeps telling you, you don't hit your child. We need somebody to say, I don't hit them, but I sure will choke them. I sure will make sure you know that you don't talk to me like that. I am not your friend. I'm your mama, you heard? We come to church any type of way. We need people who say, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That's your pastor. That ain't your best friend. That's your worship leader. That's not your sleeping buddy. You respect the holy things of God. This is his house. Somebody say, whose house? His house. 
I'm dressed down, but in my soul still holy. I might have on jeans, I might have on a jean jacket, but in my soul, it's still sanctified. It's still purified. I still cast out a demon on any good day because I don't have time to be playing games. I don't want 2,000 followers just to be having them. The influence I want is to make sure that your child doesn't commit suicide. The influence I want is to make sure your child is not sitting around cutting themselves because you won't speak to them because they step around at 13, but you didn't tell them you step around too. You just got covered and then nobody know it and don't nobody know your story. But I'm telling you, shut your Instagram down for a second and tell them you was, oh, excuse me, you was like them. But now we can't have good mothers because the mothers want to look as young as me. I can't find out who's the mother and who's the daughter because the mama's on Tinder too. I'm sorry. Sister Green, come get me. I didn't take my medicine. I told y'all to pray for me. So David said, I hope I didn't offend y'all. Probably did, but you know, whatever. I'm saying we live in a generation, my man, but we live in a generation, Mother Higgins, that wants more but does less. Everybody want to dress the part. Everybody want to look the part. But don't nobody want to work no more. Nobody wants to sacrifice. We want everything but want to give nothing. I want the type of fervor. I want to be, I, I don't want to be, I wasn't raised in the 60s, no. I was not raised in that time, no. But I do wonder, can, do we have what it takes to be able to walk around when fire hoses are being, uh, being placed in your face? Do we have that type of tenacity to preach when they are bombing four little girls in, uh, in Birmingham? Do we have that zeal? Do we have that passion to not sit around and say, I'm waiting on somebody to give me a job? Do we have the tenacity to say the reason I sat down on the bus is because I got tired of being mistreated? That's why I sat down. I wouldn't wait on nobody to give me nothing. Do we have that tenacity or are we the weak generation we critique everything I'm talking about I tell y'all I know more opinionated people who ain't worked a day in their life than I have ever met in my life you opinionated but you won't do nothing I appreciate the generation my, I'm not my daddy but I appreciate the things he did I remember my dad pastoring, and my dad was making maybe $200 a, uh, $200 a month as a pastor. My dad would go around, and he would, he would sell magazines. And I would ride with him through counties of Kentucky I'd never seen. And we would sell magazines just to get a little bit of money. Lived in the church parsonage because he didn't have the money to buy his own, do whatever he could. His first church was like three members. But he kept serving. Did what he had to do. Don't even know half the stories that he had. Did whatever he had to do because my dad was not just a preacher. He was a worker. Do you know Paul was a tent maker? Do you know Jesus was not just walking around healing people with a bunch of broke people? They were people who worked jobs, did things. Someone holler out, do something. Say it this way, do anything. 
I don't care if you would clip toenails. Clip toenails and get a check. If someone say, what do you do? I'm the best toenail clipper you have ever met. I will clip your toes so much and put them in a design. You'll be walking around wanting to wear flip-flops and tell people, look at my clip toenail. He didn't put no gloss on them, but he sure did clip them. They the best clipper. They got an anointing to clip toes. <laughs> There's anointing. <laughs> so David... Did not, David could not build the temple, but he, his son did. And for his son, he said he's inexperienced, but I'm going to make sure he has what he has. So now Solomon is now in the rain, and i got to get out of here. Solomon is now in the rain, and as Solomon is now in the rain, it says that in this second, uh, second Chronicles, the third, fifth chapter, it says now that Solomon is now in the position. He's built the temple. He's done everything. It says now that he's done everything, it says now he was like, let's bring the ark back in, and let's put it in this particular spot and all these different things. And what he did was he said, Let's make sure that the singers and the priests hear this. It says the consecrated priests, because y'all remember David didn't do the consecrated people the first time. But when you learn better, you do better. And not only do you do better, you teach your children better. Come on. David messed up the first time, but he said, you're not going to catch me twice. So he not only did better, but he also taught his son. Before you move that thing again, make sure everybody who touches it is consecrated. So Solomon made sure everybody was consecrated who touched it, and he put worshipers in place. The worshipers were singers. They were part of the Levites, and it says, I want to put them in place. Their name was, was, was Jonathan, Asaph, and Heman. These people he put in place, they were part of the tribe. They put them in place, and they were there to worship. And what happened was, don't miss this part, it says not only were they there to sing and worship, but they were also to make sure they did it in unison. Now, for those of you who don't know music and for those of you who are not ever been to choir rehearsal, the hardest thing to get people to do is sing in unison. Those of you who have been in choir, Miss Cassandra, you've been there. You're, you're one of the great singers of our time. I mean, you know, the, worst, the hardest thing to do is get people to sing unison. Why, Mama jo Joanne? I'm so glad you asked me, Mama Jo. It's because one person's got a warble that won't stop. They were, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> then another person doesn't sing the note. They sing over the note, Sterling. So they're like, oh, 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 oh. they, they, they got a slide. It's kind of like the Pay LaBelle. Oh, like they never make it quite there. And then you got the person who all they want to do is, oh, 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 oh. they want to tell you how many runs they can do. So oh, 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 oh. it's always something. And then there's the person who always comes late and never adds nothing. Always late, faithful, late. Why is it that always the people who get to serve the most are always the faithful people, but are not the qualified ones? Oh, Lord, did that hurt? I'm sorry. Let me get out of that. <laughs> Late, faithful. So it's hard to get them to sing in unison because everybody has their own agenda. Unison is one note. Someone say one note. In the same tone and in the same timbre, in the same way, it's the same vibration. So everybody's got this, you know, matter of fact, let's try it. Come on, PJ, give me a note. Get, get a microphone. PJ. Come on, Jason. Come on, let's try for fun. Let's have fun. Let's do it. Y'all want fun? Somebody say yeah. 
Come on, hurry up, y'all. Well, yeah, yeah, just stay right there. Just stay there. Let's do, what's this, this go? Let's do that note. You ready? One, two, three. All right, good. One note, but one clown. How many of y'all try to get things done with clowns? People who hadn't worked as long as you have, but got a resume that they got their aunt to do and put together. And here you have been working all your life. All your life you had to fight. You had to fight your mama. You had to fight your uncles. You had to fight your cousins. And you've done everything. And here this clown comes in. He said, sing in unison. I'm sorry, y'all. He said, sing in unison. And what are we singing in unison and Thanksgiving? What are we singing? We're singing praise to the Lord. That's what we're doing. Singing in unison, praise to the Lord. And what did they say? They said, for the Lord is good. And his steadfast love or his mercy endures forever. So the first thing, this is the way. The first thing is, the first way is praise. Someone say Praise. They had to sing in unison, come together, but they had to sing in unison and their unison or their coming together had to be in praise. Why was praise important? Because they had work to do, but before they got to the work, they had to give God praise. Let me tell you something for those of you who don't know it. Praise is not just reserved for Sundays. Praise is not reserved for music. Praise is not reserved for five singers and six singers and an organ and a keyboard or a drummer or a drum track. No, praise is the posture of your heart. They sang and they said, for the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever or his steadfast love. Now, some of y'all, some of y'all, Ron, would have got tired of that song because that was the whole song. For the Lord is good and his steadfast love endures forever. For the Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. For the Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. Now some of y'all saying, where's the other verse? For the Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. Some of you want to be so deep that you skip the simple. First thing, when I grew up, we used to have people pray. And they would say, Lord, I just want to tell you thank you. Before they said anything about being Jehovah Jireh, my provider, they would say, I just want to tell you thank you. That was the first thing they did. I want to know if we can get some people in the room that can just holler out, thank you. Come on, holler out again, thank you. I believe, I believe, I believe possibly that when they start saying for the Lord is good and for his steadfast love endures forever, for his mercy is good, for uh, endures forever. I believe the more they said it, the more they felt it. For the Lord is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Have you ever gone through something, but while you were going through, you kept saying for the Lord is good. And your steadfast love endures forever. Have you ever lost things but kept saying, for the Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. Have you ever gone through a storm and everybody's trying to wait for you to crumble? But you said, for the Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. Have you ever not had a lot of money but you got more bills but you ain't got no money but you got bills. And you look at your bills and you say, for the Lord is good. 
and his steadfast love endures forever. Sometimes you have to praise him until your praise matches what you see. Some of us don't want to praise because you don't feel it. I don't always feel like praising him. I don't always feel like glorifying him. I don't always feel like lifting him up. But I lift him up because I don't want the things that are coming at me to overwhelm me. I praise him because I've seen other people clock. I praise him because I've seen other people on Prozac. I praise him because I've seen other people shot. I praise him because I shouldn't even be here. I praise him because I should be out of my mind. I praise him because I should be just another number. I praise him because I should be a statistic. But when I look at myself, I look in the mirror and I say, for the Lord is good. And your steadfast love endures forever. Even when I wasn't good, you were still good. Even when I wasn't righteous, you were still good. Even when I wasn't faithful, you were still good. Somebody holler out in the room, for the Lord is good. Even when I'm not, you're still good. Even when I don't do what I'm supposed to do, you're still good. I can't find nobody else who as good as you are to me like you are because you've been better to me than I've been to myself you've been better to me than I've been to myself somebody holler out in the room for the Lord is good I want you to get the first phrase you get in your room and I want you to start walking around your room and say for the Lord is good for God you are good you are great you are wonderful you are mighty some of us don't know how to tap in because you won't open your mouth but praise is audible you have to open your mouth and say for the Lord is good Somebody open your mouth, say, for the Lord is good. Matter of fact, when we come here on Sunday, let's do something different. Instead of us coming in the room and sitting down when the worship team is singing and you wait for them to sing the song that hits you and you finally get up at the last minute of the second song. Matter of fact, why don't you come in the church and instead of sitting down, stand up and say, for the Lord is good. If the microphones ain't right, for the Lord is good. If they don't sing my song, for the Lord is good. And watch your whole role get hit with glory. Watch your whole role be hit with power somebody holler out for the Lord is good I'm telling y'all I'm old school because I don't know nothing else but to praise the Lord I don't know nothing else about I don't know all the Greek I don't know all the Hebrew but I do know the Lord is good I've tried him and I know him for myself I heard daddy preach about him I saw mama shout about him but here in my 41 year old self I know the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever I wish somebody in the room would give me 30 seconds of the best phrase you can give him come on If I had some glory musicians, they might even get on the organ and tell that he's good too. Because I want somebody that says the Lord is good. I know things are not working out the way you want them to work out. But somebody say he's good. Y'all have to understand. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not bending, but I'm trying to tell y'all. I'm trying to change and reset your mind. See, we're in, we're in Lexington, Kentucky, one of the most conservative places in the state that all you wait for is preachers to end their sermon. And I'm supposed to be like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. and that's when the musicians come out. I didn't come to put on no show for y'all. If the glory hits in the first point, that's when the glory hits. Somebody say, the Lord is good. 
If you think about his goodness, you might buck. If you think about his goodness, you might put your phone down. If you think about his goodness, and you might not cuss today. You might open up your mouth and say, the Lord is good. How about shit? The more they praise Brandon, the Bible says, it's not my Bible. The Bible says that the more they praise, eventually the glory hit the room. What was the glory? The glory was the weight of his presence. The glory was the weight of his presence. I want to know, is there anybody who wants God to sit down with you? Is there anybody who wants God to sit down with you? I'm going to go back my own self up on this organ. If they don't come on, I'll put myself in a key and get my own glory. I want somebody in the room to say, I want them to sit with me. I want glory. I want his presence. I want his power. I know some of y'all like, what's wrong with them? I want glory. I want power. I want presence. I want his fire. Anybody get me a new band by next week. Somebody, anybody, somebody say, I need glory. I want glory. I want the type of presence that rattles the devil. I want the type of presence that rattles devils. The types of presence that rattles hell. The type of presence that makes you go back to your child and say, I'm sorry. Makes you go back to your husband and say, let's try this again. That makes you go back to your job and say, do what you want to do. But as far as me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I want you to look at every devil that's attacking you and say, though he slay me. I still trust him. Though he slay me, I still trust him. Somebody say, I love Jesus. Glory fill the room. Hey, hey, hey. Glory fill the room. Glory fill the room. Glory fill the room. Glory fill the room. Somebody holler out glory. Somebody holler out glory. Glory fill the room. And what happened, Marissa, is that when glory filled the room, the ministers could not even minister anymore. When glory filled the room, they couldn't even preach anymore. When glory filled the room, the agenda went out of the way. When glory filled the room, live streaming, I'm sorry, but when glory filled the room, they forgot about what they looked like. When glory filled the room, they said, I give him praise. I give him glory. When glory filled the room, Everything start bowing and every start everything starts saying for the Lord is good. What I'm trying to do, Joanna, is get you to stop worrying about what you're going through. Get you to stop worrying about what's troubling you. And it gets you to start saying glory to his name. Glory to his name. Matter of fact, somebody shouted out three times. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Not to my supplier. Not to my employer. Not to my job. Not to my husband. Not to my wife. But glory to his name. If you don't pay me this week, it don't matter. Because the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What do I want at growth point? I want glory. I need glory. I'm desperate for glory. I'm talking about the type of glory that your children forget about that advice. The children put down their phone and all of a sudden the child says glory. 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 All of a sudden five-year-olds 13-year-olds, 16-year-olds are forgetting about Snapchat, but now they say, I'm hungry for glory. I'm hungry 
for a move of God. Somebody say, I want glory. Yes. Let me get out of there. So they praise God. I'm sorry, Station. Dr. Emmanuel, it's hard for me to talk about praise and not want to do it. It's hard for me to talk about praise and not want to do it because I have been young, but now I'm old. But I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. I want somebody just point around the room and say he never left me. Somebody point around the room and say he's never left me. Mama Joe, look at what God's done for your family. Mama Joe, look at what God's done for your children. I know you might not have all you want to have, but look at the Lord. Look at what he keeps on doing. Is there anybody else in the room that got a testimony that when you look back over your life and you think things over, you can truly say that you've been blessed. I've got a testimony. Somebody say, I got a testimony. You don't have time to hear my story. You don't have time to hear what I've gone through. But let me tell you, if you're looking for a miracle, look no further because I am a living testimony. I should have been dead and gone. But Lord, you let me live on. Holler at somebody, say I'm a living testimony. Sorry, sit down. Y'all making me free. Stop it. Sit down. Ah, need glory. I 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 need glory. Sterling's in the PhD program. I don't need no help, but I need glory. I need somebody when I got to stay up all night long. And I don't know how to write these papers. And I don't know how to study these books. But if you send your glory, if you send your presence, somebody say, send your glory. So the songs seem plain. Let me get out. So the songs seem plain. The songs seem plain. But the more Marcus, the more they praise, the more glory hit. Y'all want more money, but you don't want glory. Let me tell you something. If you get more glory, he'll take care of your bills. If you get glory, he'll do stuff doctors can't do. If you get glory, he'll do stuff your children can't do. Somebody say, I need glory. I need glory. I know some of y'all are still not convinced. So y'all need me to convince you. Let me tell you something. That the Bible says that when, sorry Brandon, but the Bible says that when King Uzziah died, he said, I saw the Lord. And when I saw him, he was high and he was lifted up. What does that mean? Sometimes some things have to die before you see God. I want somebody in the room to say, get out of my way. I gotta see God. Get out of my way. I gotta see God. I've been distracted. Get out of my way. Matter of fact, I gotta get off Instagram because it's in my way. I gotta get off of Facebook because it's in my way. Put in the comment section. I need God. 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 Somebody say, I need him. I need him. I need him.
Andika. Ah. I got five more minutes. Looks like I'm not going to get out of this. Well, after they got through in this chapter and they went over to the next chapter and coach Solomon started praying for the people. And as Solomon prayed for the people, he said, don't let no harm come upon them. But if harm comes upon them, when these people turn back to you, make sure you hear from heaven. Make sure you forgive them. And then we open up in 2 Chronicles, the 6th chapter. And it said, after he got through praying, fire hit the room. Y'all missed it. My second point is prayer. Someone say prayer. The old people say no prayer, no power. More prayer, more power. Some of y'all ain't got no power because you haven't dialed in. But they used to sing the song. They used to sing the song, Sierra. If you confess the Lord, call him up, call him up and tell him what you want. I feel like preaching. I think I'm gonna preach. Preach Mario. I'm trying to do the best I can. If you confess the Lord, call him up. If you need healing, call him up. If you need deliverance, call him up. If you need healing, call him up. What's his name? What's his name? I love it when you call him Jesus. What's his name? If you need them, call them. You've been calling your boo. You've been calling your boyfriend. And they ain't got nothing for you. But I know a man. I know a man. His name is Jesus. Somebody say call him. Call him. And when he prayed, I'm trying to stop this, Miles. I ain't trying to preach like this. I don't want to embarrass you in front of your friends. But well, but when he prayed, fire hit after he prayed. What you missed is some of you praise. You got the praise break, but you don't pray. You praise, but you don't pray. You can't have both. You can't have either. You gotta have both. The reason I praise is because I pray. Y'all miss it. The reason I praise him is because I pray. What does it mean when I pray? What it means is God, this is bigger than me. God, I can't handle this on my own. I praise you because I've seen you do it before. I praise you because I've seen you come through before. I praise you because I've seen you make a way before. But Father, right now, I come to you as humble as I know how. Father, I come to you with no shape, form, or fashion. Father, I come to you because you told me I could. Father, I come to you because you're the only good father. I've seen no good daddies, but you've been a good father. I've seen daddies who won't pay for child support, but you keep making a way for me. Father, somebody say father. Say it just like I said. Say father. 
this young man cried and the Lord heard me and delivered me out of my fears Mario calm yourself down no sir I cannot because when I think about the good father and who he is in my life people have left me but you stayed people have talked about me but you vindicated me I have gone through the valley of the shadow of death but you've been with me somebody say father and the more he prayed the more power came the more he prayed the more power came hug somebody don't hug them it's COVID how about somebody and say pray 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 and the glory Feel the house. The glory filled the house. After they praised, I saw glory. When they prayed, I saw glory. Well, the last thing, Christian and Daryl, I gotta get out of here. I've been trying to preach like Joel Osteen, but it ain't working. I've been trying to preach like people who got it on the ground, but it ain't working. God wants me to preach about glory. He wants me to preach about power. Somebody say preach black man. I'm trying because I need power. Well, I gotta get out of here. Get out of here. The last thing is that when they praise and when they prayed, God gave them a plan you missed it. when they praised and when they prayed God gave them a plan somebody lift your voice and say God give me a plan say it again God give me a plan well God gave them a plan he said let me give you a plan they said what's the plan he said according to second chronicles the second chapter and verse 14 if my people and i want to know is there anybody in the room who identifies as god's people if anybody in the room is god's people open up your mouth and say i'm one of his open up your mouth say I'm one of his he said if my people who are called by my name it says would humble themselves Mel the first plan was to have humility somebody shout out humility we don't preach messages about humility no more everybody wants to be great everybody wants to be wonderful but the Bible says he who thinks he is great must be servant of all put those points on the screen I need humility somebody say humility and what does humility mean humility means less of me get me out of the way somebody say less of me he said if my people would humble themselves would get out of their own way get to the point that it's not about them and have humility he said if they would humble themselves 
pray what is prayer means it means I want more of God that's why I need to be humble I'm tired of people coming to me and telling me how wonderful I am you don't know how I am you don't know nothing about myself you know the Pastor Mario version but you don't know the Mario version because I was sinking deep in sin far from the peaceful shore very deeply stayed within y'all don't like me preaching like this because y'all want me to be this great person who never does wrong but if it had not been for God if it had not been for God I would have cussed some joker out right now but I gotta have less of me that's why I need prayer prayer is more of God he said humility less of me prayer more of God and then seek my face seek my face means look for God why am I looking for him is he lost did God go somewhere it's got no God ain't gone nowhere but I sure did miss it God is still where he always was but I am not always where I need to be God is still on the throne but sometimes I'm not in the posture that I need to be in. Is there anybody in the room who can tell the truth and say, I ain't always right? I ain't always doing what I'm supposed to do. I ain't always living the way I'm supposed to live. He said, but I got to get to the point where I seek him, which means I got to look for him. And then the last part, he says, seek my face and then turn. Repent. repent what does repent mean it means I change because of God I didn't change because I wanted to be on the worship team I didn't change because I wanted to be in leadership I changed because of who God was we've been preaching repentance the wrong way We've been repeating, we've been saying repent so you can serve. No, don't repent to serve, repent to live. This ain't about a position, this is about a relationship. Anybody know what I'm saying? Don't change because you're in front of my face change because if I'm not around you you are still the same person he said if you will if my people will humble themselves less of themselves pray more of God seek my face look for me and turn change because of me have you ever experienced a love like God Bible says that while I was still wrong he loved me I didn't get saved because he whipped me I got saved because he drew me is there anybody in the room who can say he drew me come on somebody lift your hands he drew me I'm talking about he drew me and I didn't even want to be drawn He took me when I didn't even want to be taken. Tell the truth. 
Some of y'all in this room, you aren't even, you didn't grow up in church. Your mama wasn't on the mourner's bench. Look at you sitting in here today saying, he drew me. Let me tell you this, Sister Sandra. He's still drawing me. Some of y'all who are still smoking and drinking and clubbing, you got things that are going on in your life. When people judge you and say, you're supposed to be a Christian, you say, no, 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 no. He's still drawing me. Come on, y'all. Put that on Facebook. Put it on Twitter. Say, he's still drawing me. Don't judge me because I'm in the draw. Don't judge me. I'm just being drawn. Missy Elliott and Kiki were here. They would say, please don't judge me. Please don't judge me. Somebody look at somebody and say, please don't judge me. Because if we were to snatch the covers back from what you hide in. People only judge others to keep you from looking at them. I judge you because it makes me feel better about me to put you beneath me. But let me make an announcement right now. Don't let nobody put you beneath them. I don't care how long they've been saved. Dr. Manuel, I'm sorry to say this, but some of the most sanctified people were the most nastiest people I ever met. Some of them had on long skirts, acting like they were holy, but they were the first person to hike it up when they wanted something. Don't let a collar make you feel beneath. Don't you make a title make you feel unqualified. I only have the title because he drew me. I didn't go online for the title. I, would, I didn't go to preaching class. You want, you want to know what school I went to? Grace University. You won't find it online. It's called Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. Maybe it's just me, but I once was lost. But now I'm found. Me, not you. I was blind, but now I see. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at My Growth Point. Until next time, keep growing.